damn it, how long have we been doing this show? You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's Wrestling Life. It's episode 180. It is Thanksgiving week, 2018. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam, so much to talk about. And so much we can't talk about. There really is so much we can't talk about this week. (laughs) There really, really is. (sighs) It's the Thanksgiving Spectacular. That's right, by God. It's it's at least the fourth annual. It might be the fifth annual, but neither of us can remember if we did one (laughs) the first year or not. I'm pretty sure we did. I'm calling it the fifth annual. I'm almost certain we did. So we definitely did the first year. No, I did the math. The first year we did a show. This is a history lesson for for our, our newer listener. Um, uh, first year we did a show where we just didn't talk about wrestling at all. I told a story about a bartender hitting on me, I think. Mm-hmm. And then the second year we just did a regular show and yeah. called it the Thanksgiving Spectacular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third year we reviewed some just random matches on the WWE Network. And then last year we we did a, a what if uh, scenarios where we just sort of traded back and forth various guys who were pushed to a certain level but never quite made it to the top and what could have been done differently would you have personally pushed them harder and and, and uh, this year so as every year it's a a, a sort of a potpourri is our uh, our Thanksgiving spectacular every year and uh, we got another new uh, a new idea for this year. Yeah. Do you want to do any topical stuff here right off the bat? Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver happened this past weekend. Should we hit on those at all? I mean, yeah, we can. Uh, that's the other thing, uh, a little more behind the scenes. Usually we record the Thanksgiving Spectacular the week before Survivor Series. <laughs> so we can't talk about anything that happened at Survivor Series or TakeOver. But uh, we're actually recording it uh, Thanksgiving week this week. So, yeah, um, just broad strokes. TakeOver was a great show, huh? I think it might have been the best show in WWE history. Wow. I mean, off the top of my head, I can't think of a lot that were better. Everything, well, you know, I don't know how to rate the 10-second match that started the show. Everything else, to me, was damn close to five stars. Uh, yeah, I I really loved the, uh, the two out of three falls opener. I thought that was the best match that Shane and Kyrie have had together. Agreed. Um, and I liked that they they set even though Kyrie lost, they sort of set something up to keep that feud going. Now that you have Kyrie, Io Shirai, and and Dakota Kai against the uh, the three horsewomen that are down in NXT, so they got something to set up for TV, and maybe you can build that you know to the the Royal Rumble weekend takeover, and and Kyrie can finally win the belt back there. So I liked that. Uh, Black and Gargano, I believe you described this on Twitter as a very modern wrestling match <laughs> that they had. Yes. Well, really, I'm using our friend, our friend, uh, the stink, the stink parody account, the icon stinky. I think that's really a term that he kind of coined. He was, <laughs> I, th- I think we were arguing about whether or not Sasha Banks was a good worker or not. And he <laughs> said, he said she's a very modern worker. And mm. I took, I took that to mean 
it's more move oriented than um, like selling oriented. Although I think that's an unfair assessment of uh, Mrs. Banks. Mm, you would. Um, no, I thought th- I thought that match was about perfect for for what you wanted, though, right? It's just crazy move after crazy move. Two of the best workers in the whole company going at it, and you got a clean, decisive victory for the babyface. So, uh, yeah, I I thought that was tremendous. Um, you had the title match where. Boy, I, I have to assume Velveteen Dream's never winning the title because you are not going to find a more perfect scenario than uh, that match with Ciampa on Saturday. Well, I don't necessarily think Dream should ever win the title. Like, to me, he's... I don't know. He's not ever going to be the guy to me. Sure. Uh, but... um, It's also, you know... It's a Triple H promotion, so there's going to be a strong heel as the champion. Yes. <laughs> he's so. going to kick out of the babyface's move and then win with his move. Right. So Shayna, <laughs> Shayna took Kyrie's elbow, and then they did the Triple H, Jeff Hardy, no mercy finish. Yep. <laughs> uh, where she uh, put, backslid her or put her in a crucifix or whatever and pinned her. And then, uh, yeah, Champa beat, beat Dream. And then the uh, yeah, and then the main event was uh, was pretty insane. Um, I, I I don't have. I mean, we've talked about this before. We were more of a uh, you know, I was more WWF household growing up. Don't have a great affinity for war games. Sure. So like they're the non traditional version that they do now in NXT with the weapons and everything and no roof doesn't really bother me. Mm-hmm. So just as like a big, wild, hardcore brawl, um, I thought that was really fun and really unique. And uh, and again, the babyfaces won in the main event. So that's always nice to see on a WWE show. The criticism I saw that match was that it went too long. But to me, I'm okay with there being, you know, this epic war once a year. You know, <laughs> I right. know I know what I'm getting going into it. I mean, you're guaranteed just by the time limit or the intervals of guys coming in that it's going to be, what, at least 25 minutes or something? Right. And then once they're in, you have to do all their near falls and stuff. So, yeah, I I was totally fine with the length. The length didn't bother me at all. And it was all really good. And it was, as we talked about on on our our shows when we were previewing it, man, it was just a lot of really good workers. I mean, you could single out anyone in that match, but to me... Um, here's, here's how I think of Pete Dunn as a wrestler. I, I see Pete Dunn wrestle like once every two months on a takeover or one of these UK specials, or I watch an episode of the, you know, the new, uh, weekly UK show and I see Pete Dunn wrestle and I'm like, yeah, man, Pete Dunn is incredible. And then I go like, you know, two months without seeing him work. And w- during those two months, when I think about Pete Dunn, I'm like, nah, I think Pete Dunn's more like a, a reputation <laughs> then, then I think he is really just kind of a reputation guy. And then I see him again, and I'm like, no, Pete Dunn is friggin' incredible. And obviously, we could single anyone out in that War Games match, but Pete Dunn is friggin' incredible. Yeah, he's great. And I mean, he had, he had to do the most selling going in with the bad knee and everything. And then he gets beat up in his cage and has to kind of come down as the the house of fire at the end to finally save the day for the baby faces. 
he was tremendous. And obviously Ricochet is is out of his mind and <laughs> did that insane. Felt he heard someone say on I think on Twitter is he always does like one more flip than you're expecting him to do. <laughs> yeah, he's always like it was like a moon. It was like a double moon salt off the top of the cage. Yes, um, just insane. And uh, yeah, it was it was a great it was a great match and a great finish. So uh, all thumbs up for Takeover. Uh, and then Survivor Series happened, and it was fine. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way to, to describe it. I saw some people really down on this show. I saw some people saying it was best main roster show of the year. Well, it's it's tough for me to gauge main roster shows because they're <laughs> all so long. Um, I liked Nakamura and Seth, and I liked Charlotte and Ronda, and I liked the main event a lot. I think that's. And there probably are plenty of main roster shows that didn't have three matches that I really liked. So that's a thumbs up. I thought... I thought all... I think I thought all three of those were too long. (laughs) But but, uh, I thought all three were were good matches. And I think we have a little bit of of a difference of opinion of why Brian and Lesnar was great. Um. I thought it was great because of Brock. That's not to disparage Brian. I'm not saying he was a, a broomstick or a recliner in there, but <laughs> um, I thought it was great because Brock sold for him. Well, I, that's fair, and I, obviously it would not have been as good if Brock didn't sell the way he sold. But I've seen Brock sell for a lot of guys this year. I've seen him sell for Roman Reigns, seen him sell for Braun Strowman, seen him sell for Kane. <laughs> and none of those matches were good, but this match with Daniel Bryan was great, and That's so fair. that it and it you know I'm fine with the compromise of it was a collaborative effort, if we can uh, you know agree to sure agree to that. But I thought I thought Bryan was great. I thought it was obviously the best, probably the best match Bryan's had since he's been back by far, and uh, he looked like the old Daniel Bryan for the first time in a long time to me, and that made me excited. And they did what we thought they would do. They went to interview him on Sunday, and he ignored the interviewer, and then went and wrestled his baby face. And then, yes. and then on SmackDown this week, he healed on the fans. So yes, he cut a very uh, Cactus Jack ECW era type promo. I thought, Ugh. and, and uh, real, real deranged, crazy eyes. Uh, you know, fans, fans let him down. So now he's only out for himself type of promo, but. It worked. Fans booed him by the end, so something. It's something else. Okay. Um, we talk, I guess the last thing to talk about is uh, they're trying to turn Charlotte into <laughs> Becky Lynch. Yeah. So obviously they did, they did that hot angle with Charlotte and Ronda at Survivor Series, where they had Charlotte destroy Ronda, and everybody's like, "Oh, that's a hot angle." That was about setting up. Charlotte and Ronda for Royal Rumble, uh, but Becky, <laughs> Becky and Ronda still play for WrestleMania, and I'm like, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I, I think that was about getting Charlotte ready, <laughs> getting Charlotte up to uh, up to Becky's level, and they still want to do Charlotte and Ronda at WrestleMania. What did you think? Yeah, that was kind of. I mean, I think your best scenario at this point might be if it's a three way. Oh. <laughs> Like and I don't look. I, maybe maybe we're wrong, and a lot of people were reporting that it is Charlotte at the Rumble. But 
that type of angle with the person that they that they have positioned as their top female, the greatest female wrestler of all time in WWE is Charlotte Flair. So, uh, yeah. So when they do that angle, uh, <laughs> that tells me they want that someone's going to get in somebody's ear, or is just going to have the brilliant thought that hey, you know, Becky got hurt, and we need something in her place, and. Damn this this hot angle that we have with with Charlotte now is just it's too good. We can't waste that on the Rumble. We gotta we gotta push that through to Mania. Yeah, you know Liam, we're very rarely wrong. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, between the two of us, between the two of us, one of us is always right. <laughs> That's correct. Incredible <laughs> batting average the show has. <laughs> it's really pretty remarkable. Uh yeah, so we'll, we're done patting ourselves on the back. But anyway, <laughs> my prediction this week is, uh, as as you said, this is like when they tried to give Big Show the yes chance. Yes, that's exactly. <laughs> History has largely forgotten that, but <laughs> when they were still fighting the Daniel Bryan thing, this is before the Seattle thing where they had all the champions in the ring. Yes, uh, <laughs> they tried to co-opt the thing after they did. Like Brian and Orton on a pay per view with no finish because Big Show came out and punched everybody or something. Yes, that was and, a and then and then the famous Hell in a Cell where Shawn Michaels <laughs> uh, turned on Daniel Bryan <laughs> for what for what purpose? So <laughs> Brian could Brian could put him in the yes lock the next night. So anyway, um, yeah. So yeah, they're trying to give they're trying to give Charlotte Becky's uh, popularity. Yeah, and. To be fair, it's probably the loudest Charlotte's been cheered in uh, maybe ever on Sunday. But I also think that was because that crowd really didn't like Ronda Rousey. And whether or not that's just because of that she's feuding with Becky Lynch, who they love, or if it's because of Ronda's weird promos about millennials, <laughs> or, or, or what. Look, man. <laughs> <laughs> Am I missing something here? Is Rhonda like 57 years old? Did I miss something? Becky is older than her, by the way. Did you know that? <laughs> by like three days or something? Uh, I did not know that, no. <laughs> They're the exact same age. I know almost. Also, a millennial is anybody that's born after, like, between like 1982 and 1987 or something. I thought so, it was much wider than that, but it might even be longer than that. It might be like to like 2005 or something. I've, <laughs> I've seen varying reports, sure. but regardless, the idea of calling out millennials who are now like in their mid thirties is always kind of confusing to me. I'm surprised that I didn't know Becky was older than Rhonda because I pretty much know everything about Becky. Mm. Bang bang! <laughs> All right, you want to get into the uh, to the Thanksgiving spectacular? Yes. Now, now that 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 boring topical wrestling <laughs> talk is is behind us, we can move on to our to the main event here, and that is our our Thanksgiving spectacular topic for this year for the fifth annual Thanksgiving spectacular. Our top five worst gimmicks in professional wrestling history. Sure, and this was this was inspired by we were kicking you know ideas around of what we could do for shows that were not like topical wrestling. Just because, do you really need to hear you know two Jamokes break down <laughs> break down Survivor Series? Probably for the, you know the fifth time you've heard Survivor Series broken down this week. Right. Well. Sorry, we just did it for the last 20 minutes, but... Um, we tried to keep it, you know, bullet points, though, at least. Sure. 
So we came up with, uh, you know, hey, Thanksgiving Survivor Series. Remember they had the very problematically named Gobbledygooker? <laughs> they, tr- they tried to introduce it <laughs> at like the 1989 or 1990s Survivor Series. And uh had to be 89. I thought it was 90 because I thought it was the original rumor was that it was the Undertaker was in the egg. Uh, I swear Piper is on commentary in on Pipe? that show. I mean, that's the that's the same show that Undertaker Undertaker debuts. Then I mean, it's, okay. it's ninety. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, so that okay, so it was nineteen ninety. Anyway, uh, so Hector Guerrero came out uh, <laughs> in some kind of weird cartoon turkey costume, and it didn't get over. And then. Because it didn't get over, it's been like WWE is like proud of it, <laughs> and they they bring it up all the time. But it's kind of their shockmaster, I guess. But like, why would you anyway? <laughs> why would you like trumpet the fact that like this hot this thing that you thought would be really good, the fans crapped all over? And why did you name it that? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's very problematic. But mm-hmm. uh, anyway, so that was a horrible gimmick. And uh, we've came, come up with a list of our uh, top five personal uh, least favorite gimmicks ever. Um, you want to start things off or shall I? I think maybe I should because okay. I, th- I feel like you have maybe more of a list than I do. <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, number five for me is uh, the Zodiac. Uh, Ooh. Ed Leslie. Brutus the Barber, <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Uh, in WCW, they they headlined a a Starcade with Hulk Hogan against the Zodiac. <laughs> I thought Hogan. he was the Butcher at the time. Oh crap! I could have done a whole list to Ed <laughs> Leslie. I couldn't remember. Still do it. I could. All right. Well, the number five is the Butcher. The butcher. <laughs> the Butcher. They did a Starcade with uh, Ed Leslie. Uh, Ed Leslie. <sighs> Look, man, he's Brutus the effing Barber Beefcake. Correct. And they decided that he was now a top heel. Hashtag top of, guy. Top guy. Right. Uh, worthy of turn, Turned on Hulk Hogan was the evil masked man who uh, hit, hit Hulk Hogan from behind with a lead pipe on a Clash of Champions. And, uh, and then, yeah, he main-evented Starcade and, and Hogan just beat him. <laughs> Tremendous. So the All Butcher right. is number five. All right, my number five... Uh, the original Bone Soldier. Oof. <laughs> now, look, I my understanding is that Captain New Japan was not a top guy in any way. No. He was a preliminary guy, which is fine. And they had done a storyline where Yoshitatsu, uh, having come back from having his neck broken by uh, Bullet Club's AJ Styles, was now forming a group to attack the Bullet Club. But he only really ever got to wrestle like the prelim Bullet Club guys. Sure, sure. And so he was teaming with Captain New Japan, and then Captain New Japan like lost a match or something. And so Yoshitatsu kicked him out of his Hunter Club, which was mm-hmm. the name of the Bullet. I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So all of a sudden, uh, Captain New Japan, who obviously, if you've never seen him, he looked like Captain America. He comes out as the Bone Soldier, which, okay, <laughs> you get it. It's like, okay, he turns, he was forsaken by the baby face so he joins up with the heels except all that does 
is make the heels look like geeks for having this guy. This is like when Virgil joined the NWL. Like this to me was like the pinnacle of when the Bullet Club meant the least it ever had was when like they were bringing in like Bone Soldier. It's like, oh, you're just bringing them in so you have a job guy for tag matches. It's like there shouldn't be job guys in this like elite top guy faction. They should like they should all be stars. And we like, no, we just have this guy so that like Yujiro doesn't have to get pinned every time. That guy that Bone Soldier sucked. <laughs> That's that's more than fair. Uh, my number four is the Zodiac. Oh my gosh! Yes, another no. Ed Leslie gimmick. Uh, Ed, Ed Leslie <laughs> went through so <laughs> many frigging gimmicks in WCW, and uh, like, what does it say about WCW's business that like Hogan could come in and just bring in like Honky Tonk Man and Duggan and and Ed Leslie Earthquake. And, Right, John Tenta, yeah, and and they'll just you know, they more like were like setting business records for WCW. Mm-hmm. I mean, they didn't really catch fire, you know, until '96, but they they became <laughs> profitable with Honky and Duggan and <laughs> and the friggin' Zodiac. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's something. And like the gimmick was that he was he had his face painted, um, <laughs> and he would just go. No, yes, yes, no. <laughs> and that, I think, was it, right? Yes. All yes, right. But yes, no. no. Yes. Yes. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on to my number four. My number four is Cold Blood Matt Hardy. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly just because that's the dumbest name anybody's ever had. But uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Jeff, Jeff Hardy had left for TNA. in uh, like He left WWE in summer of 2009 joined TNA in early 2010. But Matt was still in WWE, and he wasn't doing anything. He was basically just a job guy. And so he finally leaves, and it's like, all right, the Hardys are going to reunite TNA. Matt Hardy shows up super fat with braids in his hair and a bad tan and a big black overcoat, calling himself Cold Blood Matt Hardy and defeating people with the ice pick, his submission hold, which was basically just like, I'm pretty sure it was just like a guillotine. Um, so mostly because of the name more than anything else. And then even TNA, he, Matt Hardy couldn't even be a world champion in TNA in 2011, which is maybe the funniest part. Like he was still like a prelim job guy for like RVD and all those guys to beat who they didn't want to have anybody who they didn't want to have uh, to beat Jeff. They would just have them beat Matt instead. So Tremendous. cold blood Matt Hardy. Just a just a waste. All right. I mean any to me, any iteration of Matt Hardy on this list would be fine. <laughs> I mean, it is nothing short of miraculous to me that the broken Wilkin thing got over. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it was pretty it's it's dumb. It just struck the right chord. It's just the right kind of dumb. I guess. My number three is the disciple. <laughs> So they had, <laughs> after like Hogan beat Ed Leslie like a drum for a couple of years, uh, Hogan eventually turns heel. And I guess he needs someone to carry his vests or his, his belt or like polish his motorcycle mm. <laughs> or, you know, carry his weed. Sure. <laughs> so, so 
wheel his trash can of Miller Lite into his locker room? Yes. So he had uh, Ed Leslie grow his hair real long and grow a big uh, beard and wear a lot of leather. And on, you know, I was, you know, 12 years old or whatever at the time. Uh-huh. I I did not realize that it was Ed Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, did they, they never really said it was Ed Leslie, right? He was just the disciple. I think Heenan on commentary, I think Heenan would make jokes about it. But. Okay, because he didn't have too much self-respect <laughs> to pretend. Yes, or, you know, he had had too, well. <laughs> too, many, too many Jack and Cokes that day. Yes, <laughs> yes. I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but no. I, love I don't Bobby. think it's a secret that <laughs> how Bobby's uh, outlook was in WCW. Speaking of, do we want to talk about Jim Ross falling in his face this week? I mean... <laughs> he well. swears that Moscow mules were not involved. Hmm. Well, I guess we'll take his word for it. And then he tweeted a photo of himself with the bartender from the restaurant that he's like dating or something that, that serves him Moscow mules. I know way too much about Jim Ross's life. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> uh, I, I know her name too. <laughs> oh, I don't. Let's just move on. It's to because my number he three. tweeted it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I know. I I don't want to know. <laughs> There's a reason I don't follow Jim Ross on social media, and it's that. I don't want to know his bartender's name. All right. Uh, my number three, Mr. America, Hulk Hogan. Uh. This is so stupid. So Hogan and Vince have their feud, and I guess they decided, well, Vince hates Hulk Hogan. Why didn't he just fire him? So he does. Yeah. And then Hogan comes back under a mask and calls himself Mr. America, comes out to Real American. He had a pay-per-view match with Roddy frickin' Piper in 2003. And, uh, and then just, what I think they had a falling out over money again, and so Hogan just went home, and then they announced that Hogan had unmasked like an idiot after a SmackDown taping, <laughs> yeah. thus proving he was Hulk Hogan. And so <laughs> yes. they just fired him again. Yes. <laughs> But that was, I don't know, it's just one of those really was, stupid things. It was a remake, it was a remake of the Dusty Rhodes Midnight Rider angle. <laughs> That's fine, it was, I guess it's sort of the same flavor as when they would have a, like, Hulk machine or giant machine back in the old WWF it's days, a too. Li- a little different, but, uh, yeah, it's in the ballpark. Alright. Regardless, I thought that was pretty stupid, but that was my number three. What about you? What's your uh, number two? Uh, my number two is Brother Brudai. <laughs> so Ed Leslie came over to w- to WCW uh, after Hogan did, and Leslie he had tried to come back to uh, WWF after he broke his face. So he had a parasailing accident and he broke his face. And like, like it, Nia Jax broke Becky Lynch's face, but but worse, like a stranger on the beach where he had this parasailing accident had to like. Hold his, um, hold his face, his face up, so that, so that he could breathe. Like it was really bad. So that, you know, he uh, so he didn't wrestle for like a year and a half, and he came back and he did the WrestleMania nine match with Hogan against DiBiase and IRS, and he wore the um, he wore the the plastic mask there. 
as yeah. far as I know, that was his last match in WWF, though. Like he couldn't he couldn't work the schedule with like a broken face, and they didn't know how many you know whether he could really take bumps or not. And right. So then Hogan leaves. So then Ed Leslie follows him south, and he's like following him around as a, Hogan is a babyface when he first gets there, and so Brudai is a babyface. Hogan's got Jimmy Hart with him, and he's got Brudai with him. Because that's who he had with him in real life. They would like. <laughs> it was his real life entourage. Right. It was his real life entourage. Like they would, you know, uh, you know, carry his weed for him or, <laughs> you know, get him, get him, make sure that he didn't oversleep for flights and stuff. <laughs> and that was their life. And so they just. So anyway, but they couldn't call him Brutus Beefcake on, <laughs> on WCW television. Sure. Or they didn't want to risk it. Uh, they probably could, but they didn't want to risk it. So they just called him Brother Brutai. <laughs> and I'm like, what? But he, he's just standing there in like uh, Jerry Sag's uh, cut off t shirt with his beer gut and wearing like spandex pants. He's, <laughs> he's calling him Brother Brutai. I don't like Hogan and Beefcake. I don't, I don't know, man. Brother Brutai is my number two. <laughs> it's. So, if, so Brother Brudai is the one who then transforms into the Butcher, correct? That that is that is accurate. He comes yes. in as Brother Brudai and then turns into the Butcher once it's revealed he was the masked man. Correct. And that masked man, I actually thought, it, you know, it was corny as hell, but it was, you know, ripped from the headlines. It was the year that Tanya Harding hired a guy to hit Nancy Kerrigan in the leg <laughs> with a pipe sure. when they were they were ice skating rivals. <laughs> And uh, I thought that it was kind. Of, it was the good kind of cheesy. Um, anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if it had a pig off where like Hulk Hogan wrestled Vader or somebody, you know, something that didn't end with him fighting Brutus Beefcake. Yeah, yeah. Especially because it appeared to me that it was Arn <laughs> mm. in the mask okay. the first couple times. But probably. All right, and uh, my number two is. A TNA classic, uh, Dustin Rhodes's Black Rain. Mm. Uh, so mm. they did a bit in like. <laughs> I'm I'm remembering. <laughs> it's so dumb. I'm remembering stuff. <laughs> so they do this thing where like Dustin Rhodes, as Dustin Rhodes comes back to TNA in like 2006, I want to say, and. Uh, he he like does an interview where he announces he has a split personality and he's mm. going to start letting this split personality out. Nice. And so you would think probably logically, okay, he's going to do a gold dust rip off and they're just sure. going to change the name, but that's not what they did. They came up with a new exciting character <laughs> called black rain who from near as I could tell his thing was he had a mouse. <laughs> yes. And that was it. And he and also, he... much like Cesar Romero's Joker, he also refused to shave his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> so, so his face paint, he saw like, he has big, thick mustache sticking through his mm. face paint. I mean, the highlight of that run, uh, beyond just, you know, the general mouse stuff, was probably his, <clears throat> excuse me, everyone, I'm, I'm uh, sick if you haven't heard the coughing, Oof. but uh, the highlight uh, was his, uh, his, his participation in the Miracle on Thir not Miracle on 34th. What did they call Oh, the Silent Night, Bloody Night, 
uh, barbed wire Christmas tree match uh, featuring Relic and Shark Boy also. <laughs> Relic. Abyss, I think. Relic, which is killer spelled backwards, <laughs> by the way, as Mike Tanay liked to tell us every week. <laughs> You know, we could do. A, we could probably do a, a whole series of Dustin Rhodes on this. Yes, when he was the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Yeah, that was terrible. <laughs> Seven. Yes, uh, uh, which turned into him being like, "Shoot, Dustin Rhodes." Yes, who hated the powers that be. Yes. Um, uh, Nineteen eighty nine WWF. Shoot, Dustin Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad there. <laughs> I don't know. I was all about that as a kid. I mean, I guess it's cool that, like, you know, a father-son tag team isn't, like, the worst idea. It's just... <laughs> I think when you watch it back now, it's a little uh, a little. He was, he was very green. He True. was already much better by the time he got to WCW. That's fair. And, like, I don't know. I guess in the business when you've seen, like, Eric Watts and David Flair, <laughs> rookie Dustin Rhodes looks pretty good by comparison. Yeah. But, yes, Black Rain, just a, just a, just a highlight... <laughs> To the point where uh, I remember Dust uh, when he first went back to WWE and he would do like Twitter Q and A's. <laughs> Dustin Rhodes sent out a tweet saying, "No one asked me about Black Rain. I don't want to talk about it." Tremendous. <laughs> <laughs> it's also worth pointing out that he was not. I don't think he had um, been clean and sober yet at that point. <laughs> I believe you're correct. And he also weighed about four hundred pounds. Correct. So he but... was not. He was not well. But if for no other reason, if you've never seen the Silent Night, Bloody Night, Barbed Wire Christmas Tree match, definitely go seek that out. It's one of the funnier matches ever. All right. My number one. Uh, the Booty Man. <laughs> Ed Leslie as a guy in WCW who... I guess much like the original inspiration for the Brutus Beefcake character, maybe there was some innuendo. They they first announced Brutus is from from San Francisco, California, mm. and he like was dressed like a Chippendale dancer or something. Like he I had think, like the 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 bow tie collar around his neck and yeah. no, and no shirt. Yes, this is when he's still heel, like teaming with uh, Greg Valentine. Mm-hmm. I think. That perhaps they were insinuating that he was gay, huh. and that was not cool in well, 1985. That would make him worthy of ridicule, ridicule. <laughs> sure, that's the idea. In 1985 or whatever. So anyway, the booty man. Flash forward. This is yes. post Zodiac. Correct. The booty man, whose finisher was the high knee. Oh, I get, <laughs> like it's it's the name of the move, and also yes, it's like a name for an ass. Yes. Yes. This is not like one of my favorite pairings ever. The Billy Gunn, Tori Wilson pairing where mm -hmm. Billy Gunn was Mr. Ass and Tori Wilson was his valet, I guess, because she had a great ass. Mm. <laughs> I, I guess they were I'm united just... by their mutual love of their own asses. Yes, I guess. Like, mm. I don't know. Whatever it was, they were on TV together for like three weeks in 2002 or 2003 or something. It was great. I loved it. Mm. Uh, anyway, uh, the booty man was not that, and um, well, he also had he had the booty babe, who was Kimberly Page. Oh, <laughs> so well. it may have just been the exact same gimmick now that that that, uh, that Billy Gunn and Tori Wilson had. Now that you mention it, oh. I still I 
I still hated this one. <laughs> this and, was your least favorite. Yes, and didn't hate the Tory Wilson one. <laughs> <laughs> well, who could hate anything involving Tory Wilson? <laughs> uh, so that's my entirely Ed Leslie list of worst gimmicks ever. I'm so proud of you for that. <laughs> that's, that's so tremendous. Um, I, I really should have let you go last, honestly. But nah. uh, my number one, uh, and it's number one more... more it's bad anyway, but then for what it was supposed to be and what the purpose of it was, I think I hate it the most, was when they tried to make Daniel Bryan Daniel Wyatt. <laughs> so in the mystical land of 2013, Daniel Bryan was the most over wrestler that they had in that entire company. And they were mad at that fact. <laughs> and as we mentioned earlier, they tried to transfer his yes chant to the big show tried to transfer it to John Cena. And when that didn't work, this is after, this is after that Seattle show where people went crazy for him and wouldn't stop cheering for him. They turned him heel and had him join the Wyatt family for the express purpose of trying to get people to stop doing the yes chant. Mm-hmm. And it lasted for about three weeks, and then the Yes Chant blew up even more because I forget which school it was. The Trojans? Some, some college basketball team did the Yes Bru- Chant as their Bru- taunt. Bruins, maybe? UCLA Bruins? Maybe. Bruins? That sounds remember. possible. But point being, and so like it was all over SportsCenter, all over uh, a lot of uh, different like sports teams, and people started using the Yes Chant. And so they had egg on their face. And so they finally had to turn Daniel Bryan back. But for the fact that not only did they turn a guy when he was hot, they turned him when he was hot because they were mad at him for getting over. I think Daniel Wyatt is my, my number one worst gimmick of all time. I'm not going ar- to argue with you. You got any honorable, honorable mentions you want to throw in? Well, there's, I don't know, there's the classic staples that are more just sort of silly and fun, like the the real man's man, uh, Steven slash William Regal. He's a man. He's a man. Uh, yes, such a man. Great, 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 great theme song, though. So I can't, I can't hate that one enough to put it on my actual list because of that. Fair. Um, there was the, the and uh, anytime they TNA tried to turn Jeff Hardy or Sting heel, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sting would never play along either. That's true. Sting didn't. Sting didn't help, <laughs> but it was also probably not going to work anyway. And he was sure. just like, "Well, I'm not going to try." <laughs> He's so- and I sort of, I sort of oddly respect that. He's like, you're paying me two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, and I'm still not going to do what you're asking me to do. Yes. And they're like, all right, here's the world championship. Please never leave us. Right. One more year, two hundred fifty <laughs> more grand. Okay. <laughs> I'll work sixteen dates. Yep. <laughs> for two hundred fifty grand, wear a t-shirt. I'm not dying my hair anymore. Though. Jeez. Uh, can, can I throw can I throw the Birchels in? <laughs> oh sure, as in uh, Paul and Katie Lee. Yeah, Paul by himself as the weird pirate thing on <laughs> SmackDown. 
you know, okay. Vince apparently didn't remember that years later. <laughs> Somebody you said, the, you remember the story of that though? Refresh that, my memory. That Paul wanted to do Johnny Depp from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. And so he was trying to be not be a straight up pirate, but be sort of you know that sort of swaggery, uh, charismatic guy. But Vince just heard the word pirate and was like, "You have to have an eye patch and say <laughs> shiver me timbers and do like a grade school production of a pirate." Nice. I don't think I'd ever heard that before. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty tremendous. So they put they put Katie Lee with him as his. Uh, as his sister and they hinted for about a month that they were in an in an, an incestuous relationship ew <laughs> this was in the the a time period where with WWE like they would try absolutely anything <laughs> <laughs> like nothing was too ridiculous and so they hinted at it and then even WWE got cold feet and they dropped it, and they just started calling Katie Lee. Katie Lee, she was actually a really good worker, especially for like the time. You know what I mean? Sure. I don't know if she's still good now, but she had like good pay per view matches with like Mickey James and Melina and people like that. Like she was, she was actually good as a as a wrestler. Man, Vince tried really hard to get an incest angle in there, huh? He he sure did. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know. I, my last honorable mention to dig us out of this this strange hole <laughs> is uh, going to be the Nation of Violence Samoa Joe, where he drew a penis on his face and carried around a sword. <laughs> and he didn't he cut up Scott Steiner once or something? Yes, he killed Scott Steiner. <laughs> and I, the reason we know he killed him is because when the the uh, <laughs> the one of the interviewers walked up to him and he was covered in blood and dirt, <laughs> and he said. And he told the interviewer to tell the main event mafia that Joe was going to come and kill them too. <laughs> How do you? Hey, we booked this guy to carry around a sword. How do we get out of it? Well, he'll just have to kill someone. <laughs> well, then how do we get out of that? Have him come back with blood and dirt on him. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, there's there's another show, perhaps the sixth annual <laughs> Thanksgiving spectacular. Will just be some sort of TNA retrospective, but because there's a lot we could talk about of just the stupid things and match types and and that's, reverse battle royals and that's hours. That's yes, hours. That's, that's that's a lot of research. So <laughs> we might have to condense that into a, a more uh, digestible topic. But uh, there's there's something there. There's we're definitely. I don't think we're done crapping on t- on mid two thousands TNA though. Never. Never. Hailing from Dunkin' Donuts. It's Samoa <laughs> The great state of obesity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy um, Thanksgiving. And if you are one of our Canadian listener or British listener, sorry. Uh, you Canadians already not celebrated. And uh, yeah, that's all I got. We're also huge in Japan. Yes. Do, we do decently in, the, in in Thailand as well. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder why that is. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it's just what I put in the tags. I don't know. Yeah, probably so. All right. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody. Until uh, next time, I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. And we'll be back very soon with more stories from the wrestling life. Merry Thanksgiving.
Cause I'm shaking my thing Put your hands together I'll show you the way I'll be keeping some booty Where the big boys play Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. Um, can you explain to me what this, uh, Phil Mickelson, Tiger Woods pay-per-view thing is? Yeah. So they can't beat, uh, other golfers anymore. (laughs) (laughs) So they're going to play head to head on (laughs) pay-per-view for 25 bucks. You can watch them, uh, play, play golf against each other. Heads up. Oh, someone will win. Seems dumb. (laughs) You know, when the the Tiger phenomenon first started, you know, 15, 16 years ago or whatever, not when it first started, but when it was really in full swing 15, 16 years ago, they they did these in primetime on ABC. <laughs> they did, I don't know, four or five of them. Um, and sometimes they would, like, they would pair Tiger with somebody, like, from the LPGA, or they would play teams or, or just be one-on-one, like... But now no one will pay no one in television will pay for that. <laughs> so <laughs> they they decided to make it a pay-per-view. Interesting. And like the PGA didn't create any stars post Phil Mickelson. I don't know, the money's there. I mean, you know, the purses are still big. They there's just like there's a group of, you know, ten guys now that are you know, your Rory McIlroy's and your Dustin Johnson's and mm-hmm. uh, I can't think of all the names of them. They're all nameless, faceless white guys. Sure. <laughs> but, um, I mean, the sport is still successful, but they haven't created a star at that level. Okay. That's fine. I was just, I saw that and I didn't know what it was. And then I, and then I was like going through the TV guide and I saw on the pay-per-view channel that it was... Woods versus Mickelson, and I was like, I, 
felt like I fell into a time warp or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, they can't beat other golfers no more. So <laughs> they figure if they play each other, one of them has to win. Sure. Tremendous. It's the two jokes that I remember from Two and a Half Men. <laughs> Is Merry Thanksgiving, and why would I lie to you? The ocean is closed today. <laughs> I mean, fairness, they're probably the only two good jokes in the history of the show. Probably. I I don't know. Like, there's a place for you know multicam, stupid sitcom stuff. Sure. Though, I feel. Like I can still I can still appreciate like Friends or something that's on still on all the time. Yeah. And if I watch it, like I can still enjoy that and see the humor in it and it's well all the lines are well delivered and it's you know ser- s- you know serviceably wacky and fun like i can appreciate that friends i can't i've tried watching a couple in the last couple of years mm-hmm. and it just it doesn't it really doesn't age well okay i mean and I know, it, yeah i'll still watch you know, an old Seinfeld, and I know that's not your thing by any nah, stretch. But that's, <laughs> hey, different strokes. Sure. Some Reason- people like Frasier. <laughs> Frasier is incredible. <laughs> it's absolutely incredible. I don't know about season one, because we started trying to watch season one, and it was boring AF, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not particularly funny, but I've LMAO'd a lot at Frasier <laughs> over the years. That's fair. <laughs> All right. All right, Merry Thanksgiving, pal. I guess I'll see you Thursday. Yep, see you then, bud. All right. God said in I try to keep on keeping on.